episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Falls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? <laughs> oh, boy, we got a loaded show here for you, Shane. We got Michael Katz from the DJ Journal covers Ole Miss. Going to mm-hmm. join the show, talk about the game of the week in the SEC. We also got Preston Guy from TigerBait.com. So we got the Ole Miss perspective. We got the LSU perspective. This could be a heck of a show. I love it, man. Game of the week. Let's highlight it, buddy. You know what I'm saying? Because I think it will be. I think this is going to be the game that they're going to be. CBS is nailing it, bro. Yeah. They absolutely hitting it out of the park. They know they're on their their last days. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they know ABC's about to take over, so they're like, "We got to really get some good games on here." Yeah, let's go out with a bang. So enjoy Gary because we don't got him much longer. <laughs> now I, I've got a, a fun show topic, Shane. I think you'll get this one right off the bat. But before we get to that, there's something you said you wanted to hit on. You said we got to hit on it. Yeah. And speaking of hit, Jermaine Burton. No. Oh my God. What, oh. what you doing that's down a, here? That's a hell of a segue, Mike. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hit the portal, hitting women. This guy is just hitting everything. This this is not a good look, brother. I, I mean, it, there was a video that came out earlier in the week, and it, it seemed like it was uh, from a perspective of a male Tennessee volunteer fan. Now, I know there's people saying, well, there's fans on the field. What do you expect? Okay, if it's a guy getting pushed out of the way by a football player, that's one thing. But this video slowed down, looks like he has assaulted a female mm-hmm. on the field. And that, in my book, brother, is unacceptable. That needs to be uh, – because I say what you want. I mean, it's not great quality, but the female stopped. She grabbed her head. She looked back toward him. That gives you the the the, the perspective, in my opinion, that he assaulted this female, yeah. and and it just should not be tolerated, and should be dealt with swiftly. So I expect something sooner than later. Probably when this airs, you're going to already have some news uh, of Nick Saban addressing this. This is it's just uncalled for, man. I mean, you are. If well, let me you break take the it counter. Down, let me take the counter, oh, okay. Shane. When you run out on the field, which you're not supposed to do, and I realize thousands of people did it, I feel like you kind of – not that you're opening yourself open for assault, but, yeah. I mean, hell, I don't think the school's liable for, uh, you know, fans that – there has been a case, I believe, at least one of, of a fan getting trampled to death. and That's why they don't want people storming on the field. And, and I'm not equating the two necessarily, but – you know, you could get hurt. You could be, you could be in danger. Mm-hmm. I've I have seen video Shane where these drunk fans running at like Nick Saban, yeah. and these police. I mean, my God, right. they, they they do not tolerate that whatsoever. They'll put you on your ass yeah. pretty damn quick. I I realize this is not exactly what what we're talking about here, but how's he right. to, how's he to know that that woman's not going to hit him or she's just got a weapon or I, I'm just taking the other side here, Mike. You've seen the video, though. You know what I'm saying. Well, I I've understand seen it from about 200 yards away. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I wasn't there. Well, you know, there there was a zoomed in yeah. video that okay. that has been released. Uh, so, and, and and I'm not I'm, I'm not defending anything. I'm not 
Maybe I am. I don't know. Maybe I'm a little biased, but the the fact of the matter is this thing was zoomed in enough to see that she was avoiding him. Oh, gotcha. She was okay. not approaching him. Now, was she, did she say something? Uh, you know, maybe. Maybe that's what happened. Yeah. But again, we're talking assaulting a female, and you are one of... Uh, listen, all the Tennessee fans that were on that field, not one of them was a better athlete than Burton. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no one is a threat to that man. He is an yeah. absolute beast, and he can beat the shit out of anybody on that field. But to go out of his way to hit a female is is my problem, is is yeah. my biggest concern, and that's why it needs to be addressed. You know, if it's a tennis – if it's – you know, if my big ass is on the field and I'm coming at him <laughs> and I'm saying some shit and he pushes me out of the way, that's – you know, that comes with it. I cross yeah, it yeah. across the border. But the, when you look at this video and, and, and try to – and it's take. I mean, because it's broke down, brother. It is broke down in slow motion, and you can kind of see it, it. Just it was. I I can't defend him. I I really can't. And any Alabama fan, that's going to be their reaction. Is that well, there shouldn't be fans on the field. Yeah, yeah, there shouldn't be. But you know, again, she was not going to him. She was going to celebrate with her fellow fans. Right, right. Yeah, the, and the only video I've seen Shay was the one where. Looked like it was taken from wherever that damn golf ball came from in the upper deck towards Lake <laughs> yeah. Kiffin. So I don't, I'm not, I've not seen all the right. videos. I'm sure you're, you're on TikTok breaking it down like the damn oh, Zabruder I, film I, out there. You know what? <laughs> well, and, and there's because there's another video of, uh, like I said, it looks like it was a handheld uh, camera situation uh-huh. where uh, it sounded like a guy was approaching him and talking shit. But Burton didn't. I mean, it looked like he pushed the phone out of the way you know right that that i understand that i'm cool with you know get that camera out of my face we just <laughs> lost an emotional game you know the last thing you want to see is some homer coming out of the stands but <laughs> this right here i just I, I couldn't justify it because again it's a, it's a woman man and, and it's it's not and and i'm not trying to be sexist or anything like that but maybe it's just the way i was raised you know yeah. you just oh, don't yeah. put your hands on a woman and i guess and you. And she did not assault him. She didn't put her hands on him. He's the only one that actually, you know, initiated contact here. Well, you got to think, this is the last thing I got on it, Shane. I mean, you got to think he's got to be suspended at the very minimum, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I, I think there is a, a quote or a statement that Nick Saban is aware. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, it's on Fox News now. I mean, everybody <laughs> everybody knows it's going on. You know what I'm saying? Right, so right. It, it, is, it is out there, and it will be addressed. And I, ex- I expect Nick Saban to do the right thing. And I, I expect Burton uh, to do the right thing, you know, I, I, I to, to man up and, and, and apologize and, and you know, and I don't know what ramification. I mean, this isn't a this isn't a topic that typically comes up during a football game, you know. So I don't know right. exactly what Sankey and company are going to do, but I expect uh, um, you know a pretty severe punishment here. you know, discipline issues, um, you know, internally, um, and that's the way we'll handle this. But you know, as I said today, you know, when I was asked about the whole. You know, the league has tried to control people, you know, rushing the field. And, um, you know, it's a difficult circumstance for the league. It's a difficult circumstances for the people who are on the field. Um, but, you know, we got to go through those difficult circumstances and still respect other people. And I think that's on us to do that. And that's certainly a lesson, you know, for all of us to learn relative to this. You know, we'll, we handle, you know, discipline issues, um, you know, internally. Um, and that's the way we'll handle this. All right, Shane. Well, 
Let's move on here to the show topic. Kind of similar to last week, or excuse me, last episode. Trying to make it a little bit more simple for you, though, brother. I'm handing out (laughs) grades for for each team. They're just an overall grade, as well as I've, I've broken it down here, Shane. Offense gets a grade. Defense gets a grade. And then an MVP for each team, and and we're just doing this because it's the it literally is the midpoint of the SEC season. So how's that sound? And do you understand what I'm saying here? Yeah. And, well, I want to. <laughs> it's funny you mention this because my daughter brought her grade card home today, right? <laughs> no, true story, Mike. True story. And I always pay. I pay ten dollars for an A, five dollars for a B, and if you get a C, you don't get anything. Right. It wipes it all out. So she comes, I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, damn, she got an 84. I was like, I'm sorry, babe. I said, you know, we got to work on this English where, you know, I'm probably not the the perfect <laughs> tutor for this thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I hated English, but I said, we got to work on this. We got to bring this grade up. And unfortunately I can't pay. And she goes, dad, I made all A's and B's. And I'm like, no, you didn't. You got an 84. And she goes, 84 to 90 or something like that is a B. And I'm like, when the hell did that happen? You know, when did we change the grade? I don't know about you, Mike, but I was always the, under the impression that a, an A was 100 to 95. Mm-hmm. A B was a 94 to 85. And then a C was like 85 to 75. And then 75 to 70 is a D. Uh, maybe it's been so long. You know what I'm saying? But anything <laughs> under a 60 is a, an F, right? Is that is that right? I think 60, so. Anything under a 70 is an F. Well, now, now, now it's not, man. 84 is a freaking B. When did that happen? Is, or is it just my kid's school? Maybe I'm just I'm bitching about my kid's school. I don't know. It's these damn participation awards. You know, we just want them to get – they don't care. They just want them to get through school and get out of their hair. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, that, all right, exactly. so so, but it does it does kind of change the topic. You know, if you say it's a B, it's like, well, a B's not that good. It's B's not like it used to be, Mike. So. Yeah, B is definitely not elite. So okay, I, I right. hope that makes sense. You even confused me here. <laughs> But let's just start with Alabama, Shane. I'm giving the offense right. a C because I I think they could certainly be doing better. I think I, the defense, I give them a B, which to me, the overall team grade is a B minus, Shane. I know they're, hell, they're, what are they, six and one, still top ten in the country. I get it. You could still mm-hmm. win the West, could still win the college football playoff. But I've been overall a little disappointed with them Alabama Crimson Tide. And for me, Shane, MVP – Bryce Young, any uh, any issues with those grades I've given out here? Oh, yeah, ton. Um, I think <laughs> – sorry, man, I'm just being honest with you. Alabama is an A-plus offense, in my opinion. Mm. I mean, Did you I watch got the this, Texas game? Did you the watch Texas A&M? Either one of them. I mean, neither okay, one okay. they were any good. Well, let's, let's break it down. We're, we're talking Texas early in the season. Now, mm-hmm. early in the season – was that offense efficient? No, but up to this point, where they're at, are you? Is this great off where they're at now, or body of proof, like from week one to now? Mid-season. Because right, because I'm telling you right now, this Alabama offense, this offense, especially the offensive line, has, has finally got it together. They were able to protect Bryce for the most part, even though we, Tennessee was blitzing the entire time. Jameer Gibbs, yeah. you know, didn't get quite the yards per carry that he that 
you know, we thought he would. But how can you come away from that game thinking he's not one of the great, if not the greatest running back in the game? Bryce is, if not the greatest offensive quarterback, he, he's got to be right there at it. I would say if, if I was going to knock Marks off, it, it would probably be at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So maybe I, I, I've tampered a little bit and bring it down to an, an A or potentially even worst-case scenario, A-minus. But anything lower than that, no. Th- these guys can put up points on anyone, brother. This is a fantastic offense. And I think you were a little lax on the defense. I think you kind of flip-flop these things. Me, I'm going B-plus on defense. You know, I'm not saying Tennessee had an offensive juggernaut there at the line, but they were able to stop this, this you know, Mr. Defense. You know, a lot of people wanted to <laughs> claim him the Heisman. I did he didn't even exist. You know what I'm saying? And, right. and so I, I think I'm a little disappointed. Obviously the secondary, if you're just take your fandom out of it for a second, they Tennessee put a lot of points up against your secondary. Your secondary was your weak, your, your, your weakest part. And they weren't able to make Tennessee one dimensional. They weren't able to stop the run. So I think the B, I think right now, Alabama defense, I'm giving them a B B plus, uh, but that offense, I'm giving them an A or an A+. Plus. I just think they're great. Bryce, obviously, Heisman candidate, but right out of the gate, man, I like it. We're already disagreeing. Sounds like you're going off your daughter's grading scale. All right, <laughs> next, let's go to Arkansas, Shane. Oh, yeah. I'm giving the offense B+. Plus. I mean, at, uh-huh. at times they've been unstoppable, running machine, defense, if a failure at the midway point. And I could certainly see the case making KJ the MVP, but I'm going Rocket Sanders leads yeah. the SEC in rushing. He's a team MVP. Any uh, disagreements there? Believe it or not, man, I think you spot on with this one. I like Rocket as the MVP. Nothing against KJ. It's just he hasn't been out there the whole time, you know. And uh, right. And, and but I will say that this offense is improving mm-hmm. uh, based off last week's performance. So I think you are, you know, if you if we were asked this this poll last week, you would have been a lot lower. So I think I think that's a very good rating for Arkansas right now. All right, how about Auburn, Shane? I'm giving the offense F. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not giving out a lot of Fs, but. We've already hit two of them. Yeah. De- defense, B minus. You know, they they've kind of been holding that thing together. And MVP, I'm giving it to my man Derek Hall, defensive end. He's just a, a a nightmare off the edge for that Auburn Tiger defense. Yeah, that or the punter, you know. I mean, he's been pretty <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I think I think you're right there. This this defense has uh, there's a reason that that Brian hasn't gotten fired yet. It's because of that defense brother. Yeah. And, and a lot of that is with your MVP there. So I think you're spot on with this one. I, F is, is very low. I mean, that's just like the worst, but you know, there's been, I walked away from that Auburn game thinking, or that Georgia game thinking I did watch the worst offense this season. So yeah. I'm, I'm with you right there. Good now, rating. How about LSU Shane? I'm giving the offense, They've been up and down. Maybe this was a little mm-hmm. high, but I'm I'm giving them a B plus. Okay. And the defense a B minus. And I got MVP yeah. Jaden Daniels, who I've I've said repeatedly, he may be the most valuable player to his team in the SEC this season. Just when I'm talking about you take him off a team, I don't know what the hell the LSU is. No, that's a great point, man. And he is a centerpiece of that offense. And he's able, you know, he's just able to continuation of drives you know so i think that's important um i'm with you on the offense i'd probably dock him a little bit 
Uh, I'd probably put them at that B spot. Mm-hmm. But, uh, again, I do think that this is a team that is improving on that side of the ball. Uh, defense, yes, I think you're spot on with them. You know, we're not grading special teams here, or they would have the – they would be the F, you know, right now. Right, they don't right. have a kick – a punt returner on that side. Of the, <laughs> just let it go, man. Just block it or so, you know. That's what I would do. Just wherever it lies, that's where we'll start. But, uh, but other than that, I think you nailed the LSU Tigers here. All right, how about Ole Miss, Shane? I'm giving the offense B+. I think overall Mm -hmm. it's a very good unit. And then the defense has kind of stunned me, Shane. They're they're starting to crack a little, but, again, we're just going off halfway through. I'm giving the defense an A- with MVP. This may surprise you, Shane. Queenshaw Junk is the freshman running back. I mean, he's just been a revelation uh, I mean, Zach Evans has been great as well, but it, but Judkins yeah. has, has been kind of the standout up to this point. And, and the only reason your offense is ranked that high is because of those two. So right. I, I think Evans Evans could have been higher, could have been the MVP if he you know was 100% healthy the entire time. Uh, this, this one may be you flip-flop him toward the tail end of this season, but – no, I think you're right. This is one of the most prolific rushing attacks in the SEC right now. Um, and I, I think – what did you get them? B-plus, did you say? B-plus offense, A-minus defense. Offense, yeah. I would say that. And then and then maybe even B-plus defense. I think mm-hmm. I think we're getting a little I th- the, the little break in the running defense last week, and that's something they've yeah. been really strong at. So I'd probably bring, bring them down just a little bit, uh, just a notch. But overall – um, I think you, I think you nailed this one as well. How about Mississippi State, Shane? I'm going B plus for the offense. A mm-hmm. L- little bit more consistent. They'd be they'd probably be an A. And then the defense, I'm going B minus because, man, yeah. Chris Rodriguez ran all over you. LSU took advantage of you in the fourth. If if not for those, maybe we'd give you a little bit better grade. And for MVP, Will Rogers, because I don't know where this team would be without old Will Rogers. Yeah, without Will Rogers, they'd they'd really be up the creek. But uh, I th- I think that's the problem we've got with Mississippi State is which team shows up. I, I talked about the Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. That's kind of what we're getting with with the Pirates' offense and defense. It's sometimes they come out and they look dominant, and sometimes they they, they look like passive old Mississippi State team. So right. uh, I'm with you here. I think you nailed the rating right there at that average. And the only reason we're average is because sometimes they're A-plus, sometimes they're C-minus. And I think uh, <laughs> just based on where you're going to get them, it's going to be right there at that B level. All right, how about Texas A&M, Shane? I'm giving the offense a D and the yeah. offense a B with MVP Devon Archain because without Archain, Shane, I'm, yeah. I'm giving this offense an <laughs> F. You know what? Yeah, I think you're still a little, a little low on the defense. This def- you know, this Texas A&M defense legit, and yeah. and uh, I, I mean, out, there's a reason they hung in there with Alabama and hell, a lot of these games. So I'm gonna go uh, a minus on the defense right now, and and the offense is improving. So I'm gonna give them a D plus mm-hmm. uh, because they they finally got a little bit of movement in the chains, but uh, still they gotta they gotta. They're, they're too one-dimensional right now for me, and, and for me to give them a higher rating than that, I'd just be lying. But Chain is that offense, so definitely the MVP. All right, how about Florida, Shane? I'm giving the offense C-, mm-hmm. and the defense C. Uh, with, with the MVP, This, you know, he's a hell of a player, but I don't know if you ever want a, an interior offensive lineman to be your, your MVP. Osiris Torrance 
just uh, you know one of the best linemen in the SEC. But hell, you just never know who's going to show up one week or another if you're if you're a Florida fan. Yeah, that's what we're getting, man. And and we're sensing a theme in some of these teams, just a little too inconsistent. You know, obviously mm-hmm. you'd love to have Anthony Richardson as your MVP and looking at an undefeated season, but this is where we're at. We don't know which one's going to show up. So I'm kind of with you. I, I think that this uh, this defense is, is up and down, and I think that they're progressively getting worse, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think a little bit of that's to do with just just aches, man. Just this thin back there. We talked about that competitive depth, but you know, at the start of the season, man, we would have had these guys a lot higher. But right now, they need a bounce back. All right, how about Georgia, Shane? I'm giving the offense a B. Couple performances away from from being an A, but the defense A plus. I think this is the first A plus I've handed out here, Shane, with mm-hmm. MVP. You could make the case for Stetson, but you know he's had a couple so-so performances. So I'm giving it to uh, their their beast of a tight end, Brock Bowers, MVP. Yeah, I get I get that, Brock. I mean, there's been games he was the only offense, so I definitely get that. But I would I would say they're a little bit higher. Yeah, I think you're a little a little bit bullish here on on Georgia's offense. The fact of the matter is they just don't have to stretch it. We're not seeing the offense because they don't have to really play the offense. When Auburn that game was out of hand, we had backups in there, mm-hmm. but I did see some aggressive play. I did see some new faces getting involved, which was nice. This is a very multi-dimensional offense that just not needed to exercise it yet. So I'm going to go A minus with the Georgia Bulldog offense and A plus with defense or offense. Yeah, and yeah defense. Yeah. A plus. Uh, they're just like you said. They didn't miss a step off last season. And uh, MVP. I think you could go Stetson here, but um, I think this is this is Brock's game right now. You hear what that is? That's that's a Tennessee homer buttering up them dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so they'll go easy on them here. In oh, a couple they're weeks. so good, man! I was looking at prices for that game. And they don't. They started like 500, 600 bucks, man. Uh-huh. And uh, it's like partial view, you know. You're like kind of behind shit and stuff, you know. So I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I watch this one at the team. But then I was like, what's the most expensive one? Because I'm always curious. And it was eleven thousand five hundred per ticket. So I'm like, golly, twenty three thousand, you know. So I, I made the joke. I want to give her give her a shout out here. I made a joke that that uh, it's either putting her through two years of college, or I go down here and watch one of the <laughs> Tennessee Georgia game. You know, so many decisions to make. And our girl there in Arkansas, she sent me this damn thing. I thought it was hilarious. Let me just pull it up real quick, Mike, and then I'll. All right, uh, Dana Rogers. She says, "Votex school, buddy." And I said, "Yep. I hope she knows how to weld." <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, All yeah. right, move it off, shake Kentucky. C, I'm giving a C for the offense. Will Levis has, yeah. you know, he's been great. The, the the receivers have emerged. Now we got Chris Rodriguez. So maybe you put him a little bit higher. But, to, you know, our, our damn identity of a program is the offensive line, and they, they have let yeah. us down. B-plus on the defense, and I'm giving MVP to Will Levis because, hell, the one game we saw him without him, God, they were, they were awful. <laughs> well, I'm a little higher. C-plus on the defense for me. Uh, offense, I think they're coming back around. So, give me B-minus. I think now Ooh. they've got all their tools. They're healthy. They're ready to roll. So, Kentucky's offense is about to put some game, about to put some points on the board. Buttering up them cats. I see. Okay. <laughs> all right. Missouri, Shane. Offense, D. Yeah. Defense, 
My pleasant surprise, in my opinion, B. I'm giving them a B. And MVP, the impact transfer linebacker, Tyron Hopper. He has just been an animal. I considered yeah. Dominique Lovett, Shane. You could easily yeah. put him in there, but he has uh, missed a game. He's got a little banged up, and that was kind of the decider for me. Yeah, and I think why they didn't win that Florida game was because Lovett wasn't 100%. You know, right, so right. I, I think I'm giving him the MVP because I think that right now is the offense. Uh, but I think you nailed the other ones. This defense is is playing better than anybody's talk. No, they're just not getting enough respect, in my opinion. Yeah. All right, how about South Carolina, Shane? I'm giving the offense a C mm-hmm. and a defense a B with MVP Marshawn Lloyd because I think he has yeah. revitalized this offense. And, and, hell, even in the games they're losing, he's having strong performances. He's he's putting that offense on his back. Yeah, that, and this defense feels like it's improving as the season goes along. So mm-hmm. maybe bump that one up here toward the tail end. But, yeah, Lloyd is is – all the part. This is the five-star we signed up for, and he's looking good. Yeah. All right, Tennessee, Shane, offense, F. Nah. No, no, no. <laughs> no, my only other A-plus, Tennessee's offense, how can you say anything other? Yeah. And the defense, hey, they've they've been exposed at times, but they are improving. They they are doing their part, Shane, for them undefeated mm-hmm. ball. So I'm giving them a B-minus. Yeah. I think he could talk me into a B, perhaps. And the MVP, no other choice, I don't think, than Hendon Hooker. Yeah. Well, when you're on the field the entire time, it's tough to get that, that defense rating <laughs> up. But, you know, the fact of the matter is they've played a lot of great quarterbacks and they've played a lot of great running backs, and yeah. they've kept them all in check to the most part. So I think you're spot on here. Now, last team, Shane Vanderbilt, I've been – very surprised by this offense. Yeah. So maybe I'm grading this a little bit on a curve, but I'm giving them a B plus. Just how mm-hmm. they wowed me on that side of the ball. Unfortunately, defense, I've given you an F. You've been awful. A long, yeah. long way to go on that side of the ball. And then MVP, I mean, this is a stunner. AJ Swan, freshman quarterback. I mean, he may be in the NFL one day. I'm not I, I don't even think that's that big of an exaggeration. Yeah, no, this is one of those guys. I honestly, I see him as a backup, like a career backup for right. fourteen years. For you know, he's bounced around. Yep. Uh, so I, I, I'm not saying that he can't excel and, and move on and be a starter in the NFL, but he is he is that offense and uh, a great piece to have. I, I think you're a little high on their offensive rating just because they were unable to do anything against uh, Georgia and Alabama. And yeah. I know a lot of people haven't, but, you know, there's been a lot of teams that have put points on the board. So I'm going to bring them down just a notch, but I am pleasantly surprised. And uh, all that has to do with Swan. Yeah. Well, Shane, uh, we're about to kick it over to our interviews, but just real quick, we didn't want to just not mention this or anything, but some mm. tragic news here from Starkville announced on Wednesday, Shane, freshman, offensive lineman, Samuel Westmoreland of Tupelo, Mississippi. He passed away today, Shane. Only 19 years old. This has been confirmed by the school. And, man, they don't really provide details on what exactly happened. But, man, just just a tragedy here in the SEC. You know what? Yeah, you really hate to hear that, man. A man with I, I I got kids, and I can't imagine you know burying any of them. So yeah. uh, my heart and and you know all my prayers go out to the family and uh, you know in their time of need, and and I just hate to hear that. Hmm. All right, Shane. So let's kick it over to our interview with Michael Katz from the DJ Journal. 
Well, we're pleased to be joined once again by a friend of the show, Michael Katz. Give him a follow, Michael L. Katz on the Twitter machine. And he, of course, covers the Ole Miss Rebels for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. He's also Paul Feinbaum's favorite Michael. How you doing, brother? Uh, I don't know how many, how many Michaels I'm going against, but uh, I'll, I'll I'll take the compliment. <laughs> I'm doing well. It's it's crazy that it's already like basically November. If it, if it's it's I just season just is flying by. I can't believe that uh, we're seven games in. It's just insane. Yeah, no doubt. And and once again, you're you're like a damn lucky charm for them Ole Miss Rebels. Last season, of course, the Sugar Bowl, most wins in regular season program history. Now they're off to an even better start, 7-0. and Let me ask you this, Michael, because, you know, this blew my mind. I heard someone say it earlier in the season that aside from Alabama, aside from Georgia, which everybody recognizes as, as arguably the best two programs in the country, Ole Miss has got the best record in the SEC the last two seasons. Why does this team and this program get the lack of respect, do you think? I think it's because traditionally Ole Miss has, has I don't want to say sabotaged itself, but it has sometimes, you know, it, it's hit the highs and then it's, 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 it's gone back down to earth. And people say, oh, that's just Ole Miss. Um, I, I think people sort of, they remember what Ole Miss has been and they, they do know the highs, but they also remember the lows. And so I think there's sort of a, Ole Miss has kind of lacked that consistency over the years. And now that it appears they have it, uh, I think people are still skeptical of, of how long that can keep going. Is, is it real? Um, when does the shoe drop? Um, and I, I don't think that's fair because I think what Lane, Lane Given has done here is, is pretty remarkable given where the program was a couple years ago. Um, you know, obviously with Hugh Free stuff, the Matt Luke stuff, uh, it, the, the turnaround has been has been pretty remarkable, and especially the way they've done it with the transfers and, and all that stuff. Um, it's it, it is it is pretty remarkable um, how, you know, we, we don't think about Ole Miss in that same sort of atmosphere as, as Alabama and Georgia. And, and, and Ole Miss hasn't made the playoff, and that's part of it, too. Um, but but what they've done is, 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 is it's pretty spectacular and is sort of, I think, has gotten Ole Miss, Miss fans really excited for the first time in a while. Now, how much confidence do you have after, after covering this team, traveling with the team on a weekend, week-out basis? How confident – Michael, are you that uh, Ole Miss can stay atop the SEC West standings by the end of the season? I'm not even saying go undefeated, which you, you may have to do, but maybe not. Uh, what's your confidence level that this team can win the West? It's going to be really hard, and I think it starts this weekend uh, at LSU and then the next weekend at Texas A&M. And I think that A&M game maybe isn't what we thought it might be when the year started, but that's still a really hard place to win. Um, and, you know, you have to expect they're going to be playing better. Uh, and LSU, I, I, Ole Miss has played two road games this year uh, at Vanderbilt and uh, Georgia Tech. And that had a combined 71,000. There's going to be 100-plus thousand at Death Valley this year. That's going to be new for this team. It's a team that you have a lot of guys from a lot of different places, and, and I don't know if they've all seen this sort of atmosphere yet. And I don't think it's it's going to overwhelm them or anything, but it is something that is going to be really interesting to see if they get hit in the mouth early uh, and that place gets as loud as I think it's going to be. 
can they, you know, battle back the way they did against Vanderbilt? You know, when you're down 20 to 17 against Vanderbilt, that's, you know, you, you can score 28 straight points or whatever it was. It, it's a little bit different and wasn't really a crowd to, to take out of it. It's going to be a lot harder at LSU. And so I think these two games, you know, the Bama game is going to be what it's going to be. I know that Bama fans are kind of in their feelings right now, but that place is, they're going to be fine. Uh, I, I, we've seen this before where Saban, you know, they lose one game and then they go on the, you know, the streak and, and just like never lose again. Uh, that's going to be an interesting game here. And then that Arkansas game is, is, is going to be a good one too in Fayetteville. Uh, you know, I, I am shocked, honestly, they beat BYU last week, just kind of given where they had been in the last couple of weeks and, and how kind of bad their pass defense was. That's going to be a tough place to play. And Ole Miss and, and Arkansas always play really weird games. And then you got the Egg Bowl, which, you know, State has looked pretty good for the most part. Uh, it is here, but, you know, the Egg Bowl, I don't think it really matters where it is to an extent. It's always going to be pretty fairly even for the most part in terms of fans. Uh, though, obviously, you know, there will be more Ole Miss uh, fans there this year. But uh, it, it's it's going to be really, really hard. You know, when you looked at the schedule when the season started, you know, six and oh, six and one, five and two, something like that seemed kind of where we thought they'd be. Obviously, they have achieved the best they can. And then you looked at the back half and you said, man, is this going to be like two and three? Is this going to be three and two? What does that look like? And so I think it's just, I think they're going to, I think they're going to do well. I think they're going to win probably around nine games, but that means that they're going to drop some of these late. And because of that, I, I don't see it happening. It totally could. Maybe they totally, you know, do what people don't think they can do. Uh, but it, I, that schedule is about to get really, really brutal. Have you been able to put your finger on why the defense has uh, taken a little bit of a step back here in recent weeks? Because I thought coming out, the Ole Miss defense was one of the, the biggest surprises in the entire SEC, in my opinion. Uh, not that they're terrible or anything, but, you know, Auburn, you know, they had a very, very productive day on them. Uh, have you been able to put your finger on why that is? It's it's funny because you look at the overall numbers, and I think it's like 17 points per game allowed, which is like pretty good. Um, but you look at the last like three games and not coincidentally, those are the SEC games. Um, the tackling has been really bad. Um, they have missed a, a lot of plays they were making. And I think part of that is the caliber of player they're seeing now is a lot better than they were seeing against Troy and central Arkansas and Georgia tech, no disrespect to them. Um, and I think too, and this is why I think this LSU matchup is really interesting is, is Ole Miss when they have played against mobile quarterbacks this year, they have they have struggled to stop the running games of those offenses. Um, when they played Tulsa, the backup quarterback came in, and all of a sudden, Tulsa was running the ball all over the place. They had like 260 yards, and they're almost an air raid uh, the way they, they came into that game. Uh, Robbie Ashford at Auburn has, has struggled as a passer. You know, He runs for two touchdowns, and they run for 301 yards, uh, led by Tank Bigsby. And so that that type of quarterback, the guy who, even if he isn't getting a ton of yards on his own, who is a threat, that has opened up run games for opposing teams. And and that's what Jaden Daniels can do for LSU, too. He's he's their leading rusher. He's got 400 yards and six touchdowns. So I, I think that is that's that's going to be, I think, the matchup. If they can't shut that down, it's going to be a really, really long day. And you know, they, they can, you know, there's, they're, they practice tackling, you know, they do all that stuff, but 
I, I do think that those the, the you know the the quarterbacks who can operate in the run game, I think, is where they've really kind of hit a snag. Mm. Do you think Lane has confidence in Jackson Dart to win him a game on the road in the SEC? I do. Um, you know, again, it's a very very different example but you know the one game this year where Ole Miss's running game wasn't working was at Vanderbilt I think they only ran for 110 or whatever it was and Jackson threw for 448 um, and and three touchdowns Uh, and obviously yes that's Vanderbilt it's going to be very different Uh, they came in with a not great pass defense we know that but I think you know obviously they are going to try to establish the run that's what this Ole Miss team does when you've got running backs like Judkins and, and Evans and, and Dart, who, you know, they had all three of them ran for hundred yards last week. You're going to, you're going to try to do that until you absolutely can't. But I do think that this version of Jackson Dart is a lot different than the version we saw against Troy. I think he's a lot more confident. He seems to be in rhythm. Um, I, I, he seems to, you know, his, his receivers have kind of started to emerge. You know, Mingo has, has had a really nice season. Um, uh, uh, you've got, uh, you know, uh, Jordan Watkins and, uh, you know, Malik Heath and Dayton Wade last week, uh, they've had guys start to step up. Now, Michael Trigg is not on the depth chart, uh, right now. Um, he, he left that game at Vanderbilt early. That's a big one. Uh, because, you know, he was, we, we, you know, he was the freak that everybody thought was, you know, going to be the superstar and, you know, he been a little bit inconsistent. Um, but I, I, I do think they trust Dart. I don't think they want to necessarily put the game in his hands, but I think if push came to shove and if, if it was a, a close game late and the run game wasn't working, I think they trust him. Now you hit on the road environment, different, completely different animal here in Tiger Stadium. How well do you think the team will handle this being their first true road test? And maybe more importantly, Michael, does, uh, does Juice go on the, on the trips with the team? Um, you know, I, 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 the only, I only know because Juice's account sometimes tweets, bring juice on the plane or bring juice on the bus. So I'm assuming he doesn't and he's mad about it. And maybe that's why he eats all the shoes and the binders and, and gets into all the mischief. Uh, you know, it's, it's a cry for help. Um, but, uh, it, yeah, it's, it, this is just going to be so different from what they've been in this year and I think it was after the Kentucky game Jackson Dart said you know this is the best environment I've ever been in Von Hemingway was electric that day but that's 64,000 people that there's going to be way more and they're going to be all against you for the most part in LSU and I know Jackson has experience in the Pac-12 but I'm a Pac-12 guy at heart I'm from from Southern California those stadiums aren't exactly the same it doesn't matter how full it is it's it's a different world I know he started games uh, he's never going to have seen anything like this. And so I do think it is going to be, it's going to be interesting. I don't, I don't think they're going to be uh, afraid or anything like that, but I, I don't know if, if, you know, you can tell the guys and you can, that how tough it's going to be and you can blare the music and the fight song and all that stuff. I don't think you really understand it till you're there. Now, would you support Lane Kiffin for SEC coach of the year at this point in time, or is it, you're still kind of in wait and see mode? based on how they perform the second half of the season? I think it's still kind of wait and see. Again, he has done an amazing job. Um, you know, it's – I think everybody is thinking about Josh Heupel right now, just with everything Tennessee has done and what they just did last week in that crazy game. 
uh, and just, you know, the, the, the place they're in right now. Uh, but, you know, if if they keep doing this thing and say they beat Alabama and, you know, maybe they lose one or two games and they have another 10 and two season uh, with all the turnover they had, um, especially, you know, you lose Corral, you lose your three leading running backs and you bring in all these new guys and no one was really sure how it was all going to fit together. If you win 10 games, fit together really, really well. And so um, I do think it's still wait and see, but. He's got to be in there just for for the way that he is he has played the the you know the cards that have been dealt in terms of how things work now with the portal and 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 having to sort of recruit in different ways. He's embraced it, and I think that's a big part. The wins and losses are obviously a big part of it, but he has constructed his team the way he's sort of had to, and he hasn't been stubborn about it. And I know a lot of coaches have been outspoken about this sucks and this is isn't sustainable. Lane has just done it and he's done it really, really well. And so I think for all those things, he's, he's definitely going to be in the conversation. Well, if they're going to beat Alabama, they better plug in the popcorn machine this time around. Final question for you, Michael, moment of truth here on the road. I'm not putting this out till Thursday, so I, I don't want to tip your plans for your prediction, but does Ole Miss stay undefeated or does uh, LSU pull off of uh, the first top 10 win of the season? So the, unfortunately, the cat is already out of the bag because somebody uh, I, I turned my picks every Monday and on my on like our podcast, someone was like, and Michael, you chose this. I was like, well, dang it. Now it's already out there. <laughs> uh, I, I think I think the first loss comes here. I think it's going to be a really, really good game. It's going to be like a 34 or 31 game. And is it a game Ole Miss could win? Absolutely. I, I think they're going to play really, really well. I just think that it's 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 just going to be really really hard. They're going to have to play an almost perfect game, and um, it's I think it's hard to play a perfect game at LSU, um, especially with kind of where you know we we got this perception of LSU from that Florida State game, like oh they're going to be awful. They've turned it around pretty well other than that Tennessee game. They've they've looked really really solid, and so uh, you know Brian Kelly's done a nice job there. He he was always going to do a good job there. I think they're a little bit ahead of schedule especially after that first game. Uh, I, I I do think LSU wins. Would I be surprised if Ole Miss pulls it off? Absolutely not. But my, my gut says that this is the first one, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think, you know, you can learn a lot from a loss and you can rebound, and you, it's not like it's a lost season or anything like that. But uh, it, it feels like it's going to be tough. Mm. Before you go, Michael, can you tell all the folks where to find all your outstanding work? Yes, you can go. Uh, outstanding is a strong word, but I appreciate the compliment. Uh, you can go to djournal.com, click on our Ole Miss tab. You can also follow me on the Twitter machine, at Michael L. Katz. I'm on there way too much, as as Michael can uh, <laughs> attest to. I probably need to put down on the phone sometimes. Uh, but, you know, you got to have fun on there. There's Occasionally, there's some, there's some good content on there, too. Uh, but you're just going to see a lot of tweets about me being a sad L.A. Uh, Los Angeles sports fan these days, uh, mixed in with some Ole Miss content. So. All right, Chase. Hey, it's not often we got a homer on here that picks his team to lose. Well, you know, he's not yep. he's a, he's a respected media member. I'm not sitting here saying he's a homer, but uh, pretty interesting stuff. So, uh, thank Michael for joining the show. He's always a good time. You know what? Absolutely, man. I I'll never pick against them balls, but uh, anyway, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the podcast is brought to you by Food. Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with 
NFL Red Zone also included, plus games in 4K at no extra charge. If you want to be like me and get rid of cable, Fubo TV could be your solution. Over hundreds of channels of live sports and entertainment for only a fraction of the cost of cable. Watch on all your devices with a cloud-based DVR, up to a thousand hours of cloud-based DVR included in this. There's no contract, no commitment. You can cancel at any time. And right now, Fubo TV is giving you free Fubo for seven days and get a 15% off your first month if you go to FuboTV.com slash SEC. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SEC. You can try it for free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. So let's get to the other side of it, Shane. Preston Guy from TigerBait.com. He is entertaining as hell. You got to check out his YouTube page and, and everything they're doing over there. I mean, it's just one wild interview after another. So now we got, we got the Ole Miss side. Let's kick it over to the LSU side. All right, hey, we're pleased to once again be joined by Preston Guy. Did not scare him off enough to not want to ever come back. So I really appreciate you, Preston. Give him a follow at P guy underscore 77. He covers the LSU Tigers for tigerbait.com and he has an outstanding YouTube show Tuesday nights, 8 o'clock central. You got to be there. And if you miss it, you can watch it on demand like I do. Preston, thank you so much for joining the show. Hey, I appreciate you having me, Michael. I'm hoping you step up your game this time so I'm not so privy to come back on, but we'll see. <laughs> well, I was just joking off air. Man, you have some some very entertaining shows, uh, and you just had one with, uh, of course, Glenn Gilbo. If you follow LSU, you know that name and his kind of back and forth on on just kind of ribbon on the on the Billy Napier versus Brian Kelly. So uh, it is a great time. How, how was it to to have that conversation with Glenn? It was fun with Glenn, especially you know when you're on the winning side of the argument. All the chips are stacked in my favor, so I really don't even have to do stuff. I just have to ask questions and watch him stumble. But I do like Glenn. Glenn's a good guy, personally speaking, but he does love to stir the pot with his writing, uh, and it served him well throughout the years. He's won many awards, and he, you know, he's moved on the Outkick and had a very successful career. But he's also pissed a lot of people off. We did make the distinction of. He's currently the most hated writer amongst LSU fans, not amongst SEC yet. He hasn't earned that title yet. He's working on it. It's it's goal for him. Well, yeah, he's well on his way to earning that, but he's always been kind to me, so I do appreciate Glenn as well. But, hey, let's focus on this, uh, this whole missed game. That's why we had you on. Game of the week in the SEC. Uh, before we kind of uh, go on a deep dive on it, let me ask you this, Preston. How – nervous scared whatever adjective you want to use do you get when lsu's special teams takes the field uh well i you know i, I had a tweet last week that i think just summarizes everything i had to let people know guys this is not a joke at what point do you seriously just stop returning kicks because they've had four muffed punts this year I mean, wouldn't you say that all your punt return and kick return yardage isn't worth eight turnovers in a year? 
I mean, it's, it's, it's that's absurd. You got to get the ball. And at a certain point, if you cannot secure that ball, just give it up. Let them punt it back as far as they want because you got to get it. It, it. And, you know, I wouldn't say go there yet, but it's like, I mean, at a certain point, you got to ask that question. Like, when, when does it get bad enough? And that, that's how bad it is. So I'm nervous. I don't see any signs of it getting better. Uh, I don't. A lot of people have thrown Brian Polian under the bus, and I'm sure even Brian Polian is hard on himself right now. Um, my thing is that how do you, you don't really coach a guy to catch a punt that either is a talent or not. The only way it'd be a coaching issue is if they're not vetting these guys well enough. Um, and not, I, I just cannot imagine a scenario where they're not vetting guys to catch that ball. Uh, but right now they've got a, a walk on Clayton returning these kicks. <laughs> and that's kind of a stark reminder. LSU has 65 scholarship players. Brian Kelly did an outstanding job of building this roster back to compete in the SEC, and he's five and two for a reason. He just beat Florida pretty pretty handily. That being said, this roster still held together with paper clips and bubble gum. Make no doubt. It's like it's like a yacht that you put some flex seal on just to get it floating for a year. A lot of transfer portal guys, a lot of guys coming off of injury, a lot of guys coming off of both. Um, and they're they're trying their best, but you know, when you don't have a guy who can just have steady hands and return a kick every single play. That's indicative of, of how things are. This isn't your stereotypical talent rate in roster. Uh, Lane Kiffin said it's the most talent he'll play all year. I don't, I think Lane Kiffin might be a little off there once you consider the depth. So yeah, special teams are concerning um, more so than even the kicks. Sometimes the coverages are off, but my, my gut tells me that these special teams are more so re- uh, reflective of, this roster lacking some serious depth. And how wild is it, Preston, that uh, d- despite everything you just said, and I agree with you, LSU sitting here at number three in the West. They still, they're obviously playing number one this weekend. They got number two, Alabama, at home. I mean, I'm not sitting here saying LSU is going to win the West. I think I'd be a little crazy, but they have at least put themselves in position by the midway point. Did you, did you see this coming? Um, I think they're right exactly where I had them predicted at this point. I predicted them eight and four. Uh, I still think they're going eight and four. Um, now they definitely have an opportunity to turn things up. If that offense clicks the way it clicked last weekend, if the defense plays the way we've seen it capable of playing at times. And then on top of that special teams, you know, Jesus of Nazareth shows up and fixes special teams. This is a team that, will compete in every game and can win out. I think Alabama's shown some vulnerabilities uh, and Ole Miss certainly has shown some vulnerabilities and you can beat both those teams and win out. And I expect LSU to beat A&M. I expect LSU to beat Arkansas and I expect them of course to beat UAB. And if you do that, if you do that, you're playing for everything. You're, you're going to win the West and be in the SEC championship against either a rematch against Tennessee or Georgia. And you're playing for everything. That, that would be phenomenal. Let's go back to reality, though, Mike. <laughs> LSU's got some problems. In, in their first five uh, uh, power five opponents, that, uh, that offense was a clunker in the first half. And it was slow, and it wasn't until they were in absolute desperation mode that they let Jaden Daniels loose, and he finally got some points, and they were able to win most of those games. Or They lost two of them, obviously, but they, they won the rest. Um, in Florida, they scored on their first six drives, and that was unprecedented. So are they going to do that? Are they going to go back to the, the slow start LSU offense? I mean, my inclination is that they 
they will go back to normal. Now, the fan in me might say, hell yeah, they've turned the corner, Michael. They got it. They, they, they're going, but it's like, that's not, that's not reasonable in football. You tend to go gravitate to the mean, you go back to the normal. Uh, what also stands up matchup wise in this game, Ole Miss has a terrible running defense. You can take advantage of Ole Miss by grounding and pounding and just have an efficient run game. Jaden Daniels is LSU's leading rusher. He plays quarterback. Okay, LSU's leading rusher right now is a former walk-on, Josh Williams, right, who has outplayed all expectations. He was supposed to be your fourth back. He's been your number one back. But LSU's running game, and it's a combination of running back depth. Right now, you've got two running backs giving you any productivity at all, John Emery and Josh Williams, right? You don't have the depth. Brian Kelly wants four backs. You've got you've got two. Uh, so you don't have the depth, and then the offensive line has been – it's like a, a juggling clown at the radio. They've been just shuffling guys in and out. This guy's hurt. That guy's hurt. And there's been no continuity and no chemistry there. So LSU doesn't have the running offense, even if the statistics show up on paper because Jaden Daniel scrambles for an extra 30, 40 yards a game. Uh, it doesn't actually have the running game designed to take advantage of Ole Miss. So I think it's a bit of a matchup problem just because LSU isn't built to take advantage of what Ole Miss gives you. Mm. Now here's something, Preston, that I've been kind of, echoing time and time again, I think Jaden Daniels is the most valuable player in the SEC. And, and that doesn't mean he's a, you know, he should be up for the Heisman or anything like that. But I'm saying you'll remove him from the roster. I think LSU takes a huge step back, more so than any player in the SEC if you removed him from their team. Could could you get behind that? Um, Yeah, I, I definitely could. Um. I think Nussmeyer, the offense, it would just change so much. You would have to, I mean, Nussmeyer would have to do things very differently. Nussmeyer probably brings more armed talent to the table, but his decision-making is not up there yet. Uh, certainly in terms of like um, percentage of yardage of the offense, he, I, I, he's, he's got right under two. He's got 1,962 yards. I, I would bet LSU probably on the year has like 2,200 yards or something, maybe 2,300 total yards. So he's probably accounting for 85, 90% of your total yardage. So yeah, you tell me if one guy you take out and you lose 90% of your offensive production, <laughs> you tell me if there's another guy with more percentage of your production. Um, uh, of course, with the other end of your question is that drop off. And I just don't know what the other guy's drop off would be, but I definitely think you're kind of in the right direction uh, just given the whole percentage of production angle and how impressed have you been with uh, the offensive line and the coaching ability to, to you know to, to like you said you know mix the pieces in and out yeah. i mean i mean two f freshman offensive tackles that's i know mm -hmm. will campbell came in with with all this hype and he has lived up to it yes it's it's pretty it's very very rare for that to happen in the sec we've seen it you know one tackle here or there yeah. but two i mean that that's insane yeah, well, uh, they did a very good job recruiting these guys, too. Um, and that's the thing about Louisiana. You know, you just recruit this state. You're going to get your dudes. You're going to get talent. And it's not always that you get quarterback and offensive line talent, but you got it last year. You got Walker Howard and you got those two guys. And you got other guys who haven't even played like, like Fetch Gerald West, who will be a good center one day. Um, it is rare to see two freshmen starting at tackle. And to be honest, they've been two of your better players. Emory Jones had a down game against uh, Florida. He got worked a little. He did. But obviously, it wasn't worked so bad. I mean, they scored six straight touchdowns. You give the offense an A+. 
Um, offensive line coming into the season was a bit of a disappointment. Actually, I thought the offensive line was going to be better based on what I saw in scrimmages where they were handling LSU's defensive line, uh, in, including guys like Mason Smith had very quiet fall camps. Uh, and we all know how good Mason Smith was just based off of his half a drive of football he got to play. Uh, he was he was in due for a monster season, and that hurts a lot to lose him on your first drive. Um, but it's not necessarily the freshman guys that were the problem. Emory Jones came off the bench and earned that starting spot. It was the veteran guys and the transfer guys who kind of were, you know, under um, uh, underperforming based on our expectations. I thought Miles Frazier was going to come in and be an all SEC left tackle. And he's played and he's been a starter, but he hasn't been that caliber of player. Um, he may turn out to be, he's still got a lot of eligibility left, but the offensive line based on preseason expectations that I had has been a little bit of a disappointment. And, um, it, it, it's, it's a liability for this offense. Just to be quite frank, Jaden Daniels is running for his life. And that's another reason why you lose Jaden Daniels, you lose that mobility and most of his pressures and rushes. I mean, he's getting rushed within two and a half seconds and that's not good. That's not good. So uh, offensive line's been a problem, but it is very impressive that that these freshmen have been able to come in and take care of what they've been able to take care of. Um, but it, 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 I, I would be it, – it's just been tough to rotate in guys in and out, and it, it shows on the field that it's been tough. Mm. Now, are you in the camp that Harold Perkins needs to be playing a lot more? I, I realize in the Tennessee game that was a point of contention, yeah. and and the coaches, you know, they came out and said, "Well, it, you know, that's the personnel and the, and the formations and everything." But where do you stand on that? Because from where I sit, Harold Perkins, throw him in with those other freshmen. I mean, he's he looks like one of the best young players in the in the conference. Yeah, you definitely want to get there, but you have to get there above the shoulders. Linebacker is probably your toughest position to play above the shoulders on defense. It's like, you know, a lot of ways it's like your quarterback of your defense. Um, I liken him to Kendall Beckwith. I think he's more talented and more of a, especially a speed type athlete than Kendall Beckwith. But when Kendall Beckwith was a freshman at LSU, you could tell like he's so good. You got to get him on the field, but they put his hand in the dirt and got him rushing the passer on third down because he didn't know the playbook. Well, what they're doing is giving him a, a expedited version of the playbook and just trickling it into him and getting him in there in situations that he can be successful, right? Um, yeah, I want him on the field every single snap. Absolutely. But if he doesn't know the play, you're going to put him in a position to fail. And you're going to, you don't want him in a position to fail. You want him in a position to succeed. You want him playing in his comfort zone. And if he's confused and looking around, he's not going to look like the talented player he looks like because he's not able to go full speed. He's mm. a true freshman. He's working on it. Not to mention, last couple of years at his high school, he was so good. They had to play him a lot at, line, at running back. Like, like he was like one of the best running backs in the country. Um, so he's a little rusty on that linebacker position. So I actually uh, enjoy what the coaches are doing with using him at linebacker because a lot of talented linebackers in the past and a lot of coaches still will do this. If they don't know the playbook, you're just on the bench. And that's that. Uh, but they're, they're working on getting him packages that he's comfortable with. I expect by the time the bowl game's here, he will be an every down backer. How well do you think LSU's run defense matches up with with Ole Miss after Florida, I believe, went for over 200 yeah. and Tennessee, 
you know, they had some good success against LSU's defense. Do you, can they slow down Ole Miss? That's a big question. Uh, I think LSU's got a good rush defense. I don't think it's elite. I think Ole Miss has a good rushing offense. Um, uh, this is a game, every time I think about games like this, I think, man, Mason Smith would be a very big help to have right now. Um, but credit to Matt House, he's done a pretty good job getting this defense to – you know, uh, uh, stop the run. I do expect Ole Miss will run the ball with some success. Do I think they're going to run for 400 yards or anything crazy like that? No. Um, but, but I, I, I don't think LSU will, will have the upper hand. I think it's going to be enough to get Ole Miss the win. And how big of a, a factor do you think the, uh, the home field will be for LSU? Cause Ole Miss, they have been on the road twice, but yeah. one was Vanderbilt. That was, that's not really a away game. And the other was Georgia tech. Uh, this is going to be a first for this Ole Miss team. And these LSU fans are excited because uh, it's, it's you know, LSU's favored. Vegas is, is picking LSU. I'm, I'm not picking LSU because I'm just looking at the matchup on the field and what I've seen from Ole Miss and what I've seen from LSU. But Vegas really likes what they're seeing. So maybe they know something I don't. Those bookkeepers are, are pretty good. Um, so the fans are are really hype this is they think this is lsu's first this will be brian kelly's first signature top 10 win and we all know that's his boogaboo from from notre dame is those top 10 matchups well if he can you know nip that one in the bud year one at lsu with a ragtag roster the lsu fans are feeling really good not to mention lsu is pretty much in good position to go nine and three which if he goes nine and three i'm, I'm gonna push like Man, what Heupel's doing is, is crazy, but Brian Kelly should be right behind Heupel for coach of the year in the SEC at nine and three straight up. Um, mm, mm. But, uh, I, I, man, I just, I just, I just don't know. I, I, I am, uh, I'm still going Ole Miss 31 21 this weekend. I think, uh, the home field is going to be big, but not as big as a night game. Everybody was pointing out at the Tennessee game, well, issues 11 or 8 no since 2000 at 11 a.m. Okay, dog, that's a very cherry pick stack. The fact that there's eight of them, and you're excluding the Florida one that was played at 11 a.m. because it was rescheduled from a hurricane or whatever. It was supposed to be at Florida in 2016. So it's pretty cherry pick. Um, does anybody think that a 2.30 Death Valley is the same thing as a 7.30 Death Valley? No, no, it's just not the same. Saturday night in Death Valley is one of the most special atmospheres, but it's still Death Valley. It still will be a ruckus environment. It's just not going to be as ruckus as we've seen it, and I don't think it's going to be enough. I think, I think Ole Miss handily wins this game 31-21. Not embarrassing, but they take care of business. All right, Preston, really appreciate all your time. Can you tell the folks one more time, where's the best place to find all your work? Yeah, so look, y'all can follow me on Twitter at PGuy underscore 77. Any LSU fans watching, I want some hate tweets if I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm not rooting against LSU. I went to LSU. So, you know, bring 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 the smoke at my Twitter if I'm wrong. I, I'm loving it. Um, but I do podcast Tuesday nights on the Tiger Bait YouTube channel. I try to have interesting guests on. I'll be taking my first week off in a while next week as uh, my wife and I are expecting our first child. But we've got an interesting uh, co uh, uh, sub, uh, I guess, I, I keep on want to call them co-host, but replacement host next week. Next week. Um, so y'all go check me out there. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've got one of the fastest LSU, fastest growing LSU YouTube channels out there. And of course, you can always keep up with my writing and recruiting updates uh, at tigerbait.com, one of uh, LSU's first uh, original 
premium recruiting service site. Oh, buddy, how about it? So we got dueling homers here picking the opposite team. What what in the world's going on out here? God, did we just become best friends? (laughs) (laughs) I think that, that, if nothing else, Shane, that gives you an indication of just, uh, you know, how great of a game this is going to be on Saturday. You know what? Dude, absolutely. This thing's going to come down to the damn wire, and I can't wait for it, man. Well, buddy. Uh, I appreciate you as always, but I, that's all I got on this episode. You got anything before we hop off the line? Nope. That's it. Man, my camera's, oh, damn. I got to do another one. Here you go. <laughs> I, was on, I was right at 30. Almost made it. That's why I was just kind of rushing. But no, man, that's that's it. Uh, like I said, we got a wild weekend. We had like, I mean, and we keep saying that like, yeah, well, the schedules don't look, I mean, we're going to have, and then we walk away with like, damn, all these games are great. And I yep. think we're going to have another awesome weekend, especially when you've got some of these kind of pick them games, you know what I'm saying? They're going to come down mm-hmm. the wire. Each team thinks they're going to win, but one of them's got to walk away a loser. And then uh, I, I just can't wait to just, to just embrace it all, man. Yeah, no doubt. Well, as always, Shane, I appreciate you. I appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls. Man, almost made it, huh? Yeah. <laughs>